Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, episode three of season one, RT Machine Podcast. Hope everybody's having a good day out there. We sure are. We have a bunch of stuff on our schedule today, and uh, we have uh, Dusty with us from our warehouse. And uh, Dusty, why don't you chime in a little bit here and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm Dustin Whitmore. You know, I started here in about mid-2006, and I uh, actually started back in the shop as a cleaner part-time. And in October, they hired me on full-time and brought me out into the warehouse. And I've been moving machinery, you know, loading it, moving it around, unloading, you know, ever since. And this October, I'll be here 17 years. Nice. 17 years of moving machinery. Yep. Yeah, well, most people don't realize the logistics of just navigating through our plant and finding the right home for when stuff's coming in and out. And nobody realizes that Dustin kept track of every machine he picked up. He can tell us right now, how many machines have you picked up in 17 years? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you there is a lot of them. I'd, I'd say probably thousands, thousands. thousands. Yeah. Yeah, we move a lot of machinery through here. Yep, and it's never all the same stuff either. Yeah. It's all different. So it, it, does, it is a challenge at times, um, trying to get the stuff into the warehouse, find a place for it, you know, to maneuver it through the building, especially when you got a narrow aisle away. But, it's, uh, it's like a jigsaw, Tetris. jigsaw puzzle that's never solvable. That's right. <laughs> Game yep. of Tetris. Yep, we're always trying to find a spot for stuff. Yeah, I just happened to be here this afternoon when uh, – Spike rolled in with uh, one of the machines that uh, we just pulled out of one of my customers over at Miller Blaker, and uh, we were over there on uh, Thursday morning early. And uh, Spike, if, most people wouldn't know who Spike is, but he's a real animal when it comes to getting this stuff in and out. He was he was at my customer's place at five in the morning yesterday, and I met him, helped a little bit rig out, and then uh, he actually drove back home, and. Uh, Got a couple hours of sleep and uh, was back at the customer at 2.30 in the morning, and they were unloading the new machine, putting it into place, and he was back here. So did he go up and prep the yeah, machine yeah. Was coming out? Yep, he just went up with his pickup truck and tools, and uh, we prepped everything, got it on skids, and uh, it was nice because their guys helped tremendously, you know, just getting that everything nice, yeah. banded you know, up for us. Nice to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was great, and they were, they were super helpful. And uh, then he turned around and came back, and machines were already loaded on Wednesday night, so he, he bolted right in. And the uh, we lucked out because the electrician and the maintenance man were still there at 2.30 in the morning, uh, still working on the electrical for the new machine. And he said, well, the rains are coming. Let's get it in, <laughs> get it in going. And so <laughs> it was a surprise because I think, what was he here? He was here like 10 o'clock maybe? Yeah, right around that, yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, a wild man. Yeah. <laughs> and that's going into the Bronx <laughs> in New yeah. York. So yeah, that crazy. was a good one. So yeah, the service team will be in there on Monday and getting everything hooked up and they'll yeah, have been running in a couple of days, dual shellings, you know, yeah. side by side running, which is pretty cool. So yeah. how long Spike been uh, rigging and trucking for us? Does anyone know that? Well, it wasn't long after we started here. It was your dad. He worked for your dad, Dean. Right? Yeah. yeah. Nope. So what year that would have been right around the same well, time he, you he started. helped you guys move out of Chambersburg, didn't he? Or no, no, he didn't. That right. was Ryan. I think that was Ryan. 
I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it would have been Ryan. With your dad, you mean? Yeah. 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 Spike, I think, was started here in 2012, I think, with hauling stuff for us. When he was on it on his own, you yeah. You know. When did you when did he start with your dad? Mm, I don't know the year, because he did some work with with uh, Les together, hauled our stuff and did some rigging. I, I was on a job with the two of them, your dad and Spike, moving a I forget what it was a couple of machines out of a place in West Virginia. That hmm. was an interesting time. <laughs> forklift just used their forklift. The brakes didn't work and. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's fight got into a little yeah. bit of a spit spat about it. I just I finally said, I'll see you guys. I'm <laughs> probably not a good place for me to be. <laughs> so Dustin, did you find a home for that today then? <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, we had a spot that was empty for it. So I try and plan for it. Usually Ron or Mike or them let me know when a machine's about to come in. Yeah. We try. Yeah. yeah. Always real good about that here on here, but we try. Or he'll come up, Ron will come up to me and he'll go, Dustin, I did something wrong. Uh-oh, what'd you do? I bought another big machine. <laughs> <laughs> he has a habit of doing that. He does. <laughs> for, for sure. He does. But course, uh, The worst one was the uh, other Harlan, the second Harlan. Oh, yeah. Came in. Yeah. Yep. Five truckloads, right? Yeah. Find a spot, Dustin. Find a spot. Yep, we did too. Yeah, we uh, we did it in about a day. We found a spot for it, so nice. It worked out. Yeah, yep. you would never think we'd have eighty thousand square foot filled up. Uh, <laughs> looking for more. Second yeah, story. Yeah. No, I'm looking to move it quicker. We're <laughs> <laughs> buying yeah. stuff at stacks. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> No doubt yeah. about that. Uh, Dustin even came up with an idea for a little portable mezzanine so we could stack some stuff up. It's very heavy duty. Yeah, it, it'll hold uh, right around 18,000 pounds that we can set over top of machinery and put all of, like, if it's a grinder, you know, we can put its vibrating tables up on top, fasten them, so that way it's not taking up so much real estate on the floor. Hmm. Yeah, it keeps everything together as well. Yeah. yeah. We have some pallet racking out there, but... Not much we can put in a pallet rack, what we sell. Yeah, most everything's heavy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that definitely is. Yeah, that was a nice project there. We're we're starting out on the Miller Blake. That's uh was kind of a nice deal. Well, it was quick. The, uh, yeah, with the uh the shelling uh bought it. Sold it on a Friday and, sold it and putting it in on the next. So that was that was a quick one for us. Yeah. Should be nice. That was that nice late model. I think they're going to really enjoy that machine. That's right. 400 hours on it. You don't find them like that. Yeah, that didn't last long. No. I had a couple of people ask about it afterwards. I'm like, nah, you're too late. It's at a good home. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is good. Good. And they're a fairly new customer for us, right? You've yeah. Yeah. Them. They're, um, was, uh, finally able to get in the door there. And, uh, it was funny. I, I met with the, uh, Tony, our, the shop foreman that uh, handles all this different stuff, and he gave me a tour a few weeks back. And when the owner called me about the machine, and I said, "Oh yeah, I was just there a couple of weeks ago." Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't see it. I said, "Well, Tony to- showed me around. And I kind of have a lay of the land of where your new machine's going to go." <laughs> so it worked out really well. But uh, yeah, it's a tight area there in the Bronx for sure. Yeah, everything's tight over there. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, <laughs> yesterday afternoon after meeting up with Spike. Then I was. Uh, in a little block area of a few shops, and it must have been the uh, Crackhead Central. I mean, it was horrible. There was 
people just staggering down the road, incoherent, just trash everywhere. It was just unbelievable how much uh, was going on like that. And, yeah. You know, it's sad. just sad, really. Sad out of New York City. Yeah, right in the Bronx. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a difficult one. You don't, you don't see that too much. and. Didn't people, want to either, I'm sure. No, know. absolutely not. <laughs> rather, rather not. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, that's what that's what a lot of these people are having to deal with. You know, I was Miller Blaker, the um, the FedEx guy, two weeks ago was uh, held up. Guy took his packages, packages coming into the building. Really? Yeah, I mean, it just mm. crazy. And and where they're at doesn't seem like really bad area. You know, it's just the luck of the draw. Somebody cruises over from one block to the other and. Yeah, it does that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's country boys out here in the middle of nowhere. Corn growing up behind our building. We don't, <laughs> we don't see. Well, we do have a little bit of that across the road there, but not, well, the good thing like is, <laughs> yeah, as, as us country boys, we uh, prepare for those type of things. <laughs> yeah. So they don't know what they're. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what they're going to get for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't pay attention to those the kind of outlaw rules <laughs> for the city. You know, it's nuts. That's right. Different atmosphere. Sure. Ryan, what did you have going on this week? Not too much. Uh, we were down at a uh, customer site uh, looking at a uh, optimizer's uh, scan chop line. So we were. Uh, Ron was down there with us. Uh, Bryson flew in. I think Bryson was there pretty much all week. Yeah, Bryson flew in on Monday and um, go over was, drawings. He might have came in re-edit Sunday, but yeah, he was there for a couple of days before us. We went down Wednesday. Wednesday, yep. And um, they were pretty much done. They had uh, settled on the project, the plan, the floor plan. We had worked on it for a while before this. I think this has been going mm-hmm. on for about a year. It's every bit which, of a year. Which big projects like this do? Yep. And uh, good customer of ours, and uh, he. Decided to move forward with the project and uh, give us a deposit check when we walked out. Nice. So that worked out really well. And while we were there, he lent us a part that we needed for another customer, another yep. one of Ryan's customers, TBM down in Hanover, uh, had a part go out on one of their machines, and uh, he just happened to have it. So we scored some points there. Took oh, fantastic. That really makes us look good. He even bought me wings at the local restaurant. So <laughs> I picked up his part, and that was good. Two for one deal. Yeah. Yep. So. That worked out nice for uh, for everybody, and it was nice of our customer to help us out. It was yeah, it's good to have them relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it keeps that inner circle going. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What um, what did we have? We had the I or AWFS fair. Um, yeah, Dustin loaded the planer up. I guess uh, Friday for that. Yep, um, and it's there. It's in Las Vegas. I got a report last night from Brianna. She said <laughs> it's that there. It's, uh, she sent me. He's uh, I forget. He was on the next town out or something. So what? I, what model was that? It's a twenty seventy one. I think is that right? Yes, twenty seventy one, thirty inch wide Oliver Stratoplane. And uh, that's what we're showing at the uh, show. We, and then we'll just have our used equipment displays of the. Uh, computers oh nice yeah uh kiosk that, that you you had built for us I yeah you had actually built that for us oh that went out yeah, yeah that's out yeah. there oh nice yeah yeah that was a spectacular piece that we built yeah <laughs> <laughs> lots of compliments on that. Beautiful. so that yeah that's what we'll do at the show we'll show our planer and um then we'll have our used equipment that we can bring up on the screen and talk to people about that's what most people look for us out at that show will be for used equipment yeah 
Do we have that one sold already? No, no, that's the one. Uh, well, actually, our guests last week were trying. Uh, <laughs> Keith has looked at it, but uh, we actually quoted him an, another Newman planer this week as well. So he hasn't decided what he wants to do. But no, that's not sold. That's available. It's fully reconditioned, ready to go. Lots of new parts on it. Uh, it looks beautiful. Be, it's for a sure. very good looking yeah, machine. Uh, yeah. Able to be shipped right after the show. Yeah, and I think you know you can see it on our on our website. Um, I think they put Facebook your video of you loading it. There's it's all over the place. Uh, so we're looking to sell it. I'm sure we're going to get some pictures of it in the booth too here at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. Once it's in the booth, we'll get some photographs. We'll post those as well. So Eric and uh, Cody are on their way out. Um, I leave on Sunday to go out. A couple of the service team guys are going to be there. So we should be displayed pretty well out there. Yeah. I have a few customers going out, so told them to look us up. We're at the uh, 1763 booth. Right. So look for the big RT sign and come yep. check us out. Yep. If anybody gets this, uh, we'll probably post this what Wednesday. If they hear us and they want to come by, we'll be there. Fantastic. I think it's uh, Tuesday through Friday, I think it's the show. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Or th- At least th- that's when they're having their uh, speakers. I think it also goes on Friday. Cause they have the exhibit hall open Friday, yeah. Yeah, Eric will be there Friday, but I'm, Cody and I are coming back. So Usually the last day of any show is pretty yeah. slow, so normally. Well, and this is the off-year show for between Atlanta and... Yeah, yeah Atlanta's every two years, and in between it's AWFS. Yeah. What else did they have going on out there at uh, So... They have a few speakers out there, ran through the list, uh, looking for a few that sound pretty interesting. Um, they have a guy out there talking about employees, your greatest assets, what are you doing to attract them, to keep them, uh, running through some different ideas, having open discussions. Um, I know it's a huge topic right now, just in the machinery side with looking at automation and different things. So it would be very interested to hear what he has to say on how to keep good employees. Yeah, which in today's world, it's it's a big topic. It's uh, it's a hard thing to do in a lot of companies, especially in woodworking. It's not a fun job a lot of times. Mm-hmm. A lot of noise in some of those plants. <laughs> yeah, well, some of the operations are monotonous, picking up sticks, moving them, yeah. you know, the bigger mills. Which a lot of that could really be automated, some of that. <clears throat> yeah. It's, uh, the problem is the cost. and the Yeah. Return on the investment is always the yeah big kicker. Some of these guys are going to have to do it because they can't find people to do it. Uh, and we're working. Marine Johnson, one of our companies, is getting into the automation. They've hired robotic uh, integrators, um, designed those kind of projects. So we're looking forward to working with them and trying to solve some of these problems. Yeah, which I think is going to be a big item for the future here to really. Absolutely. You know, trying to look at all We keep the saying it year in and year out. We keep saying it's going to happen. And so I think it's going to happen by necessity now because people don't want to work. Well, and I don't think a lot of shops understand, you know, how a lot of it actually works and how, I don't want to say easy it is, but it's gotten much more easy to, to bring that stuff in there. Yeah, and I've had some customers even say they're going to lower their expectations on payback time instead of two years. You might have to look at three, four, maybe five because. Yeah, when you look at the long-term investment, it really is, you know. The programming's gotten a lot easier. A lot of this stuff is just intuitive. 
where you uh, can roll it in on a pallet jack and manually run it through its pace, right. you know, with the controls, and then you just save that, and then it, it goes about its its job. I think when they can get it so that robot could be programmed to do work at this machine today and that and maybe be able to transport it easily over to that machine tomorrow, you'll see a lot more of them popping up. Yep. So it's the custom side of things is uh, – that's where we run into trouble. It's okay if we're running 5,000 doors that are all the same size and have a robot load this machine for all day, every single day doing the same thing. It's practical. But when you have five doors, you're putting in a sander and then they need uh, drilled and your hinges inserted and you're not doing high volume is where it gets pretty tough. Yeah. That's exactly right. And we have a lot of customers, like a lot of customers like that, small shops, yes. mid-sized shops. Custom cabinetry. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, trying to fit that custom market is very difficult for sure. Most of them are all struggling for uh, employees. So where do you turn? Where? How do you automate? How do you get your time per door lower? Right. Yeah, absolutely. When they can invent a robot that can clean dirt and rust off a machine <laughs> dustin will be buying one right away won't <laughs> yeah. yeah that's for sure <laughs> well we definitely have uh, got some more stuff moved around that we're looking like we have our showroom back almost we're getting there dustin's working on trying to get the floor fixed and getting some budget numbers together so we can get the showroom set back up uh, we got a um andrew cnc see our andrew router on its way it's on order well it's not on its way yet but it's on order I think they won't be here maybe October, November-ish. I don't that's remember. That's probably. Yeah. Next, we have a stanza that's supposed to be showing up uh, end of the week, next week. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. We that's got, pretty exciting. Yeah, we got some Frolmac machines out here um, that have been here for a while. We need to get a better home for them <laughs> to display them. Yeah. Um, then some of our reconditioned machines. Uh, be nice to put them in a the showroom area. So we uh, and Dustin can talk about this a little bit. We had a showroom and we uh, switched it to a shop and uh, now we got to build a new show or remodel a room for a showroom. Yeah, it's it's going to take us a little bit, but we'll get there with it. Um, our biggest thing right now is to get the floor done before we move those machines in there. So, yeah, we we did have them painted and it did not turn out the greatest, and so we're trying to figure out a better way to do this to make the floors look better and last longer. Yeah, it's a heavy forklift with machinery on there. This doesn't work out too good. No. The epoxy floor is just chip. Yeah. It's bad. Is that right? <clears throat> yeah, when you got a 30,000-pound forklift running across them. and Tires turning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or your steel dollies. Steel dolly, yeah. Oh, yep. wreak havoc. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we're trying to figure that out, and then we moved the re uh, receiving back to the old shop so we'd have a better flow. We preached to our customers all the time that uh, they need a good flow of their material in and out, and we didn't have one. So yeah, it's working on that. Yeah, I'm hoping that uh, September we can actually get the old shop, our new receiving area, ready to start receiving machinery only and then move it straight out through the other end of the building. So you'll go from receiving to you'll be able to test clean then we can go out for photos um if there's a machine that's sold right away then it can come right into the shop and then once it's sold or once it's done then it'll go out to receiving at the other end of our building shipping but, yeah they're yeah, shipping in and uh 
then all I have to do is just wait for the truck to get here and put it on the truck and to the customer it goes. Yeah, it's not quite a straight line, but it'll... A little bit of a hook in there to get to the new shop, but it's close. It's a lot yeah. better than it was. Yes. Yep. Yep. You go from one end of the building all the way to the other, and then you're backtracking. Yeah. yeah. And then back to the first yeah, well, end. There, there was a lot. There was a lot of uh, back and forth before, so we need to get that fixed, and we're we're close. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully, like I said, by September we should be able to go with that plan. So most of our plans usually work, but every now and then we. Get a monkey and there's a wrench that goes in there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, I mean, we're selling machines so many different ways that it's, you don't know what's going to happen with that machine. But when it comes in, it gets off the truck, it can sit down into the testing area, have a visual inspection, whether we want to put power to it right away or not. And then either from there, it could go to the shop or it could go to the warehouse. Right. Um, but at least this way, we're not bringing it in one door taking it the whole way to the other end of the building to be tested or inspected and then back out to the warehouse. Or sometimes back to the other end to get photographed and then oh, back yeah. to the shop to get tested or worked on. I mean, there was a lot of back and forth in here before. Well, there was probably three or four trips through a 100-yard warehouse. Yeah. That's a lot of time when it's a 30,000-pound machine. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of times that, you know, the one single machine we were touching it like five times. Just the moving it. Just the moving it. From right. the time that we unload it, bring it in, and then until it goes back out, it's five times, maybe six times. A lot of these machines just aren't a pickup and move. It's a rigging. I mean, we're right. rigging every yeah. single machine we move in our building. Right. It's, it's not a pallet. It's not a box. Yeah. A lot of these machines don't have a flat base onto them, so like um, winding molders, they are like the worst machine to try and move around. Mm. So when it comes in, what we usually try to do is have a skid built. And so that way, when I take it off the truck, I can set it right on the skid, fasten it, and then we can go through the warehouse. With it. Mm. It's, yeah. it can be very dangerous as well. Um, some of these machines are very top heavy. Um, if you're not picking them correctly, they could very well come off the forklift, slide off one end or the other. Yep hit other machines. Yeah, it's happened a few times around here even, but uh, uh, luckily not too many times. No. But 17 years probably, I think five or six times, we've had a machine that's, you know, had damage to it. So Then you're not counting the intentional ones, right? The ones you took out back? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, that's a little more. <laughs> Sometimes we're, we're done with a machine. Dustin has fun with it before he puts it in the scrapyard. Yep. <laughs> That's when we used to strip them for parts. and Gets a few extra flips out in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Test its durability. <clears throat> Bertha goes up pretty high, and then she tilts forward, right? That's right. <laughs> yep, machinery basketball. <laughs> How is the boneyard looking out back right now? The, the stuff that's got to go to the scrapyard. Well, we actually, we gotten rid of a couple flatbeds and a couple of the containers or pans, they usually call them. But we've done two full pans and I think two or three flatbeds. Oh, good. So we're, a dent. we're getting cleaned yeah. up a little bit. Yeah. It would look a lot better if we could get rid of some of that pallet racking back there. Uh, yeah. Still hanging around. We got Anybody needs pallet racking. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a good deal. Yeah. Call us. <laughs> <laughs> Real good. That was one of my 
worst ideas. <laughs> I think that was the first one. Uh, Is that your first buy? I think so. Mm. Oh, nice. <laughs> three years. <laughs> you only hear about that weekly. <laughs> Well, I didn't get one of those yet. <laughs> it's Although like, maybe this panel saw just came, it would be one of them. It's not like he forced me to buy it, but uh, <laughs> I thought it would sound like a good deal at the time. But, I mean, it sounded great. Yeah. A lot of pallet racking for not a lot of money, but uh, when you can't get rid of it, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. yeah, it does take up a lot of room. And we've actually used some of it here for in our warehouse, too, you know, for smaller projects. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I think the service team keep grabbing pieces every now and then. Yep. I see them popping up in here. It's not strong enough for most of our stuff, but no. No, that's for sure. Most of our small stuff, you know, it's got to be, it's got to have a duration of um, like 5,000 to 6,000 pounds in order for some of our smaller stuff to be on there. Mm -hmm. And that's what our racking is out in the warehouse right now. Each shelf is rated for right around 6,000 pounds. So you'll hmm. see that there's two machines on each shelf or, you know, there'll be smaller stuff on there, but it doesn't ever exceed that 6,000 pounds. Yeah. Yep. I want it to be safe and you have that stuff tied to the building so it can't fall over. Yep. It is bolted and welded fast. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Try to keep it all safe. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely need to do that, especially when we're up there with a forklift. I mean, we, we had one where... Uh, we had a whirlwind up on top, and the forklift caught the rail, and it popped the rail up out. So we ended up, you know, having to rig that whirlwind saw down out and then fixing it, and then that's when we bolted and welded everything together. Oh, okay. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Hmm. yeah it was a little hairy, but. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, as long as nobody got hurt, that's all. Nope. Machinery can all be replaced. I just don't want anybody getting hurt around here. Yeah. We're pretty fast at moving stuff too. I mean, we can, the average machine, you know, five, 10 minutes, we can move it. You know, a molder, if it's on a skid, you know, it takes us a couple minutes to move it. But if it's not, then it takes us usually about a half hour, 40 minutes to move it. Mm. Panel saws, you know, they take a little more because they have so many uh, parts for them. So they take us, you know, usually half hour to an hour to move them. And you have all the proper equipment, straps and uh, cables and dollies and pretty much everything you need. So Lifting bars. Yeah. Everything that we need to move that stuff safely. Good. Nice. That's the double antennas. I mean, you go to get a picture of them. You're half a day to set the machine kind of into place. You don't yeah. have to level everything for a picture, but you still have to set it on the rails. To make it look like a, a double antenna. Yeah. yeah. We, have a, we have a video on our Facebook page, a time lapse of me and Dusty moving a piece back to the old shop. Yeah, that, uh, what was that one? That's that. Rollback, uh, wasn't it? Yeah. The, sm that's, the one that's, that's in, that's the one's still, in there now? That's the one still sitting in the corner the back there. Yeah, mm -hmm. the small one. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually up. I think it's on the Facebook or Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, I know Miranda likes doing those videos of you moving stuff around and speeding them up. Yeah, they turned out pretty cool. Yeah, they do. They look good. You see that time lapse? Like, oh, that's not hard at all. What? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's not just 30 seconds. That's. Yeah. Yeah, and sped up. <laughs> yeah, come try to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to have somebody who's moved a few pieces of machinery to appreciate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Looks like we have quite a few of our partners out at the uh, Vegas this year too. We have. Uh, you know what, what's Andrews bringing out? I they told me, but I couldn't. I can't remember exactly what's going to be in the booth. I know they got a couple of machines in there. Some of their guys are coming out. Rain Johnson is going to be there. Fromac was there. No, 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 no. They weren't. Fromac is not coming. A lot of the other, a lot of the bigger companies aren't coming anymore. The BSCs are out. I think BSC's out. Styles is out. Yeah. SCM pulled out, but then a weird four of their dealers took the booth and put some machines in or something. So. Um, I don't think Winings there either, are they? I was looking at the list. I didn't see them on the list. Um, so I'm not sure what their thinking is, but um, hopefully they're wrong and we're right. People will show up, be looking for some machinery. Yep. Yeah, Stans is out there. Yep. We have some nice stuff coming in for them. Working on a lineal spray line myself for a customer at the moment. And uh, Pillar. Yeah, you got a couple of projects going with them too. Yeah, yeah, I have actually a custom uh, drilling machine, uh, quite costly machine actually, that uh, for an application. So that one should be nice if that, that comes through. It's a pretty neat deal. Actually, two machines to one company. Yeah. Just with that, but actually, yeah, that was a big one. Actually, we had shelling going in there and on shrewd, uh, big double head unit. Mm, be nice, yeah. That and was, shelling will be at the show as well, too. Time saver, we have time, yeah, saver time saver. Yeah. One of yeah. our partners, yeah, yeah. There's actually, um, uh, quite a few of our partners are out here for us. So it should be, should be an interesting show and see what kind of attendance is going to come up. Yeah, we'll see how many of our. Customer, local customers go. I know one Appalachian's going, so um, we're going to meet up with them out there. So, but most of the, our efforts are to get business for the Oliver stuff or for uh, used equipment. Yeah, Altendorf will be out. Yeah, Tony called me uh, yesterday, told me to come over to the booth. Yeah, I've, uh, quite a bit of their. New, I don't know if they're bringing one of the new K36s or not with them, the Banders, the Hebrock line. No. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm right. sure they'll have a handguard out there. I would think so, yeah. Yeah, that actually that just – did you see that? The, uh, they just won – actually, that is the fastest reacting. Oh, uh, yeah. I seen yeah. something in Germany. Because it's using it. it again. Yeah, it was on the, like the Woodnet uh, flyer. Woodworking network. Yeah, that's um, – I watched it. It's actually pretty amazing because though it's using photos and stuff, and it's actually you can't even come close to. Mm -mm. I got to play with one at the Wood Pro in Lancaster last year. That yeah, it's unreal. Yeah, it's amazing setup for that. Yeah, you did a good job with that, with telling people mm -hmm. about it. And put your hand right over there, and it'll pop right down. Once you're a believer, <laughs> it ain't hard to talk about it. <laughs> that video is on our Instagram as well. Mm. Of Ryan yeah, showing it? doing that presentation or whatever it was. Yeah, okay. And we'll do uh, Wood Pro again this year. What's that, in October? October, right? it's either 13th, 14th. I think it's 13th, 14th. Local right here in Lancaster. Lancaster Spooky Nook Complex. Um, I don't know if we'll have a handguard again this year, but uh, we'll have some interesting new machines there. Yeah, Tau Press. Possibly. Possibly working on that. Stanza will definitely be there. Cabinet door sander. That is, I think that's starting to make some waves in the industry. It's uh, an affordable cabinet door sander. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I did a bunch of testing for a customer, and 
took all different uh, milled products they were running MDF most everything was MDF painted a little bit of hardwood with it but uh, no it uh, it worked really well yeah. yeah I mean they've had the technology out for years but everyone else has been doing it in a three shift operation where we were starting out at 150 grand and it's like yeah. your medium small cabinet shops can't afford or can't even adjust to justify it um where stanza had filled that spot to be able to hit break all of your edges get down in the cracks um you so filled a couple of those already. we got a couple of them that's we have the one coming in next week um and a guy's looking at doing a completely different application on the machine than what it was intended for so we're going to run some test parts for them and it's a wire wheel denibbing uh situation and then possibly a cross belt on that as well so i mean the head configurations alone and the ease of swapping back and forth is very interesting yeah yeah it's been a been a great addition really the uh I see our one of our newest vendors has got a nice display out there as well, CA Technologies. And uh, we have an upcoming episode coming up that we'll have um, Brendan, our, our local rep from CA Technologies, and uh, Bob Schaefer from Pheasant Hall. We're going to go over the different applications that we handle for the uh, spraying equipment, pumps and whatnot. Uh, spraying glue. Glue and, yeah, and finishes. Finishes, so yep. It should be... Uh, Two guys that have a wealth of knowledge in the industry, you know. Uh, I and think they, think Bob's got thirty five years anyway in in the glue and uh, industry on that side. And uh, Brendan, I think he's thirty couple as well. So. Yeah, you get two pas- passionate guys and both yeah. very smart on the subjects that they're. So stay yeah. tuned for that one. I think we're going to be somewhere in the end of August for that one. Okay, we haven't set a date yet. Yeah, but uh, they both agreed and should be should be entertaining as well. Yeah, yep. good. The uh, of course we got the Green Street guys coming in on the eleventh. Robin, Robin, Jeff. So that should be an entertaining one as well. <laughs> they gave us another plug this morning, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> they had. Uh, Have they listened to our previous podcast? Yeah, Any yeah, yeah. They feedback? liked it. What, so yeah, feedback so was good. Yeah, we said we're developing ours, and, uh, you know, I copy off of Jeff and Rob. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they definitely started us. For yeah, you know? yeah. We, we thank them very much for that and the yeah. business that they're sending our way as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, we've already, you know, in my territory, I've, I've gotten quite a few leads from just on their podcast. So That's it's, pretty cool. Uh, I've walked into places, and guys were like, Hey, yeah, we know you. I recognize like, your voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the hot rods and edge painter guy. <laughs> so I'd have never pictured you look like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I see what they're talking about. <laughs> now a lot of a lot of good people from from that. They had uh, John Jamal on. Uh, he's an upholsterer in uh, Jersey City, and uh, I didn't get I got another another hour to finish on that one yet. I didn't listen to that one yet. I listened yeah. to their designer, the girl. That yeah, that was that was a great was episode. Good, yeah. Yes, John's really wealth of knowledge, and uh, their family came over and from in 1963 and pretty much set up an upholstery shop like right away. And uh, he's got a great great background on on how their family hmm. came up through and uh, 
niche business they do. They do they do a lot of stuff on these stage sets and things, and uh, just monster companies. I I had no idea. Hmm. You know what kind of stuff they're doing. So that's a good one if you catch. Uh, yeah, I will. I always listen to theirs. The yeah. uh, American Craftsman Green Street Joinery. So they they've had some really nice guests on. Yeah. The uh, you know of course Ron and I were you know one, the best one of the best <laughs> best guys. No, no not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. No, it's been it's been definitely entertaining and uh, oh yeah learning a lot. You know that's what's you know great about the podcast. You get different guests and everything on and really learn the in and outs of uh, yeah. everybody's business and some of the knowledge is, uh, you know, it was great with Keith last week. There were so many things that, uh, you know, touching on in the, in the wood species industry. That, yeah, oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah, well, definitely a wealth of knowledge there. I've reached out to some other local customers, but I'm looking forward, too, to some, you know, guys come in from all over the country to look at machinery and see if they'll sit down and talk with us. So that should be interesting. Yeah, we need some guys from the south. Get a good accent going. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so any of you guys down in Tennessee or what have you? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, that side of things. I'd like to get some of the old time dealers in here and tell some old war stories would be interesting. But I don't know if yeah. I could ever get any of them to come up. There's not many of them left. But uh, would, oh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 The awesome. I remember going on sales calls with my dad just at a young age, you know, and uh, going into a lot of these guys' shops and just unbelievable yeah the stories they had back then i might have only been 10 years old i think <laughs> i'll tell you what, I, was, I was a youngster in this business and i of course i worked with larry leapcott at carpenters and he took me around to all the auctions and sitting around listening to the dealers and most of them are gone but unfortunately but some of the stories they just would go on and on and on it's crazy we need to get keith in here get yeah. keith and carson on and yeah i and from uh, i'm sure they would i'm sure they would yeah. do it sometime yeah yeah, their story, their their grandfather was pretty amazing. Absolutely, yeah. The amount of she- machinery through the, when the wars were going on, he was just stockpiling stuff. And then when everybody came back in, it was just. Yeah, they, he, I he guess was, the Boyce Crane, I think, was the company. And they called him up and they said, we have all these purchase orders for hundreds of machines. Surely they don't want these. And he's like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Because he was top of the list hmm. and nobody else could get any. So they had to buy them from him. Wow. Smart man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have to reach out to, to Carson and Keith and get them on. That would be a great, great episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, looks like Entico, uh, Dust Collectors, um, Slingmeister, I think is how you pronounce that. At the show? It will be at the show. Good partner of ours, Entico. Yeah. They're doing some pretty cool dust collection systems on their outside units. Yeah, you know what, Ryan, could you expand on that a little bit of what they're doing different than others in the industry? Yep, so they're using, oh, I guess you could call it a modular unit almost, um, where they're putting multiple motors in one unit, which is getting you about 13,000 CFM. So it's uh, three, three or four 25 horsepower motors in one unit. Um, if you are running just say a 10 person shop, you have an outside collector and you're only running five machines that day, you may only need 5,000 CFM or maybe it's 2,000. One of them motors will only kick on, or maybe you only need two motors on out of four, uh, where 
these other central units are running one big 75 horse, 100 horse, up to, I mean, 300 horse on some of these big units. Uh, you're starting it up at the beginning of the day, and it's running all day, every single day. Um, I was talking with a customer last week about them, and they had one. Their bearing on their main motor went down. Well, when they couldn't find parts, you couldn't get bearings. They couldn't find the bearing anywhere to get back up and going. So they were down. What was it? Almost two weeks. Wow, that's a that's a that can hurt. That's killer. Where if a motor goes out on one of them, it's you're down five thousand CFM. You still have all the rest of your motors, and it's a lot easier to keep a twenty five horsepower motor on the shelf. Yeah, absolutely. To have a spare. Right. Um, so. That's some of their stuff. And then down the road, if you want to add more CFMs, it's a matter of just bolting another unit onto the side of it. And they have small indoor units. Uh, we have one here. They're doing uh, small indoor units. And they uh, just, you know, last year, they released a uh, new felt bag. If you're doing a lot of sanding in your shop, uh, a lot of times the sanding dust bleeds through the old felt bags, the standard felt bag, and then you're still getting all this fine dust back into your shop. Uh, where they put a membrane coating on the inside of the bag, and you're, it's the dust is actually falling off of the inside of it instead of trying to come through. Oh, I did not realize they put that on. Mm-hmm. So it's an actual coating then. Yep. That's, That's an cool. optional bag. Different. It's an optional bag. I think it's like twenty-five bucks a bag, and it's coming out to like three hundred dollars per indoor unit, um, on average. That's actually very reasonable for. It's, yeah, to really. pick up if you're doing any sanding you know, why wouldn't you yeah. yeah that they're getting 10 to 15 years out of their bag life it's unreal yeah that's pretty crazy you don't see that much no but they're supporting their bags from the top and the bottom they're using a vibratory cleaning device instead of air pulse which blows holes in your bags and yeah. they're doing a lot of different things um top level yeah, the, the the modular sections what really makes you know I think what Keith just was talking about they had uh, yeah they had one go down and they were and then stuff was all tied together and they couldn't run yeah yep. that's right and I think that well that was a rip saw and their molder yeah they thought they were separate they thought the molders were separated on two different systems so they wouldn't go down they thought the rip saws were on two different systems and found out that they weren't set up correctly and they were down yep. yeah in that case. So we got to work on him. Get Cody back over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> Get him on that project. Exactly. Excellent. So we got a lot going on right now. Yeah, and I thought we'd just give everybody an update of what we were doing this week and what we're doing next week with AWFS. And um, I think uh, that probably wraps it up for this show. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, yeah. Anything in closing that? Uh, <laughs> you're looking at me <laughs> you want me to close <laughs> so if you're out at the vegas show come see us yeah uh, so you know booth, booth number again 1763 come on by uh, All right. yeah come on see you. us we'll uh show you our inventory on the computer and talk about your needs yeah everything's right there in that wonderful kiosk that we have going on <laughs> that's right so <laughs> we'll, we'll can up. pull everything right up but uh yeah the uh Sounds good. If you need any advice on moving machines, call Dustin. I'm sure he can uh, help you out. And yeah, we can yeah. get that done. Yeah, I've actually had a couple people call and ask. Nice. You know, I've been able to talk them through on how to unload it, how to move it around. So it makes it nice and easy for them. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. that was. I didn't realize you did that. 
Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Anything cool. to help our customers. That's it. That's right. All about the service. That's right. Awesome. All right. All right, guys. All right. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you next week. 